Hi, welcome back. This is Paul Hansen. You're listening to the 24th edition of Boss Tone Radio. This is segment three. And on the line we have Jeff Loomis, uh, guitarist extraordinaire. And underneath us we are listening to his band Nevermore. This is from their new album, Obsidian Conspiracy. The song is Your Poison Throne. But let's uh, go ahead and pick up where we left off with our conversation with Jeff. We were talking about your uh, Jeff Loomis signature seven-string guitar. Do you tune it regular, like um, a low B, and then the rest of the guitar is a regular tuning? It's actually, I just tune one half step down. So the low... I'm in like D, yeah, D sharp. So the low note will be... Um, An A sharp. Sure sounds fat, man. It's just so huge. Yes. Yeah. When you get on a six-string guitar, does it feel... Uh, <laughs> I mean, that, that does, must... Does it feel different? Yeah. <laughs> it, it does sometimes, yeah. It does. Um, but I, I always make sure I go back and forth. I've got a bunch of six-string guitars hanging out at the house here, too. And, you know, I don't always play the seven-string, but... Uh, you know, it's it's fun to grab a six here and there and just, you know, just to mess around with it. I mean, if you really want to, you can treat the seven string as a six as well, too. Just totally eliminate the bottom string and just play it as a six, you know. So mm-hmm. it's uh, it's one of those things that I was kind of afraid of at first because I thought we were going to get pegged for, you know, being like uh, another corn band or something like that. But oh, uh, yeah. we didn't, you know. I was like, uh, we, we just... Uh, I wrote music which came from my heart at the time, and I still do nowadays. And uh, it's just a, it's a fun instrument to play on, man. It, it's really cool. And it opens up a lot of new doors, I think, as well. It's just a matter of the way you treat it as an instrument. One of your ex-bandmates, Chris Broderick, who's now in Megadeth, did he play seven strings before he met you? Yes, he did, yeah. We, he was uh, playing seven string uh, in Nevermore, and... Uh, I think he was still using it in Megadeth for a while, too. Uh, obviously, he doesn't really need that right now with that band, but uh, right. he's an amazing seven-string player, man. He, some of the stuff that he does is just quite insane. If you go to, like, YouTube oh, and man. about some of his uh, finger-tapping stuff, it's just outrageous. Oh, both <laughs> you guys. Doing, like, three active finger-tapping arpeggios and stuff. The guy is phenomenal, so he's really, really a great player. Uh. And I'm really proud of him for, you know, taking the gig in Megadeth, because that was huge for him. Congrats to him. I read that you auditioned for Megadeth uh, when you were about 16. and That's correct, yeah. You didn't get the gig because you were too young. Pretty much. I had sent a demo tape out of four songs, and those four songs, I believe, were Wake Up Dead, The Conjuring, In My Darkest Hour, and Peace Cells. And I had a friend who was living in Los Angeles at the time who knew their manager, believe it or not. And he's like, Jeff, here's your opportunity, man. Uh, you know, send out this uh, a, a demo tape of these four songs, and I'll make sure the manager gets it. Sure enough, the manager got it, and they liked everything they heard. I asked my parents if uh, I could go do this, and they're like, you can only do it if you bring a friend with you. <laughs> so uh-huh. I brought my, my drummer friend who was in, the, in a band that I was in at the time, got on a plane for the very first time. I've never flown in my life. Wow. <laughs> so here is a 16-year-old kid getting on a plane, shaking in his boots because he's afraid of flying. Get to <laughs> Los Angeles, get in the line at the audition. They call my name, and I remember it was uh, David Ellison who called my name, the bass player. Uh-huh. And he looked at me like I was crazy. Uh, and I, I put two and two together, thinking, these guys must have not have known how old I was. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but still yeah. give me the audition, which was really cool. 
and I'm in there playing along, and it was a lot of fun. I remember playing every song with them. Uh-huh. Um, I remember Dave Mustaine not singing, which kind of threw me off a little bit because I really referenced a lot of things with uh-huh. where he was singing certain parts. But um, I got through the audition, and uh, Dave was super cool. He came up to me afterwards, and he said, Hey, kid, you know, you're not <laughs> going to get this gig, but uh, we really appreciate you coming out. You know, you're just too uh, too young and too inexperienced to join a band like <laughs> He was right, you know. Um, uh-huh. But, uh, hey, it's something that... Uh, Wow. It's a cool story that I can always remember. What a great experience. At a very young age. Yeah, it was pretty cool. I heard that you were offered the gig with Megadeth before Chris Broderick got it. Is that true? Um, yeah, I guess it's kind of true. Uh, the, the thing is, is that um, I don't know if I was actually being offered the gig or just to fill in a, uh, for some shows. I, I uh-huh. don't really ever understand that. But the thing is, is that if I was offered the gig, I would have probably have turned it down simply because... You know, I've been doing my own thing for so long, forevermore, yeah. and Megadeth is obviously Dave Mustaine's baby, and you know he yeah. writes ninety nine point nine percent of the music in that band, and I've always had my freedom to write in Nevermore, and to go from what I do to to having to do another thing like that would just I don't know, yeah, I that would make me very happy. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So I just kind of told him, hey man, I'm I was at the time doing my solo record as well when he called me, so I just really couldn't fill in and do those shows for him either so i said hey maybe uh try looking for somebody else you know but i really appreciate the offer and believe me i really did appreciate it because i think dave mustaine is an amazing guitar player yeah he's a good friend um i just couldn't do it at the time you know well and called chris and chris got the gig yeah yeah and your band is doing well and when you're doing your own stuff that's what marty friedman said he told me that he's just so happy to be doing his own stuff. Something. Yeah. Right. I mean, he's he's made such an amazing life for himself over in Japan. I yeah. mean, he speaks fluent Japanese, and yeah. I mean, the guy's extremely intelligent. I had a great opportunity to play on his uh, his last solo record called Feature Addict. I was able to go to uh, the studio in L.A. that he was recording at, and I actually played a guitar solo on his record. Be able to work with that guy and sit down with him. And just see his overall approach to how he plays and composes is incredible. He's got so much knowledge of the instrument. Wow, what a what a spectacular human being that guy is. And s- such an uh, unusual and individual style, too. Right, such an individual style. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a style all of his own. He speaks with Completely. his instrument, you know, and uh, yeah. the way he bends the strings, you know, up to what he wants. He, The thing about Marty is that he knows exactly where he's going to be going next when it comes to phrasing. Uh-huh. He doesn't think about it. It's like it just happens in a split second where he knows where he's going to go. Uh-huh. And, um, yeah. That's the most phenomenal thing about him is that he's got that thinking ahead approach all the time. And wow. it's, it's quite amazing to see. Back to gear, um, you use Engle amps? I do, yes. I've been using Engle amps for about four or five years now. And um, Chris Broderick actually turned me on to the amp. I was, uh, I think I was using... PV amps before that, but... 5150s? Um, I was using the Triple X. Oh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, the Engel amps I've been using for about four or five years, and I'm now using the Savage 120 head. Are these like Marshalls, or maybe more like Mesas? I would compare them more to a Mesas, really. I've been loving this amp for quite some time now, and I actually used it on the whole new record. And I keep it really simple with the effects, man. I don't really use too much. The live situation with Nevermore, um, I'm just using like maybe maybe a chorus pedal just so I can get some nice sheen on my, my, my cleans. And uh, 
the picks that I'm using, I think, are a big part of my sound as well. Mm. Using the uh, the Jim Dunlop 2.0 millimeter Sharpie pick, just to get that that little tip on it like that, you know, with digging into the string, I get this really killer pick attack, almost like a clicking noise, really, which I really love to hear, you know? Yeah. You can really dig into the string and get the total amount of aggression out of the string as you can. It's an awesome pick, man. It's funny because everybody I let try it, you know, or give the pick to, you know, they're like, oh, I could never use this. But then like two weeks later, they're calling me, hey, man, where do I get more of those? <laughs> <laughs> well, I got to try that. They fall in love with them. Yeah, it's, it's kind of cool. Here's another excerpt from Nevermore. This is from their 1995 album, just entitled Nevermore. This is Jeff Solo from the song called Garden of Grey. have any favorite boss pedals over the years oh my goodness well i used my trusty noise suppressor the ns2 for ah. many many years the ns2 is great and also my uh, chromatic tuner which i've used for many many years as well do you have that one with you when you're on tour the tu tu2 all the time man if i didn't uh, it would wouldn't be uh, it wouldn't be right <laughs> <laughs> It's always there, man, and I'm, I'm always checking my tuning with that thing between every song. So, yeah, it's very trustworthy, absolutely. Yeah, Boss makes a new one, the TU-3, and it's basically the same, just with newer, oh, more, okay. more accurate, you know, it's newer technology. Excellent. Wouldn't leave home without my tuner, you know what I'm saying? It's like it's, uh, <laughs> it gives me the, the comfort factor of knowing that I'm always in tune when I'm on stage. So, If someone ever asks me how to get a better sound, I point to that pedal. <laughs> being in tune is so important it is it is man you got to be in tune otherwise you're oh. going to sound like crap so yeah. yeah i definitely look up to that pedal i use like a lot of uh roland stuff as well too which is affiliated with boss in a way right boss is kind of the cool guitar oriented products right. division yeah and i use the uh x6 keyboard a lot too the workstation keyboard yep the phantom x6 how do you use that just use it for just layers and stuff like uh -huh. that when I'm, you know, writing music or something like that. If I need, like, a, a certain choir sound or something or mm -hmm. whatnot, you know, I use it in my demos. Sometimes it actually goes on record, too. Back to pedals, is there, um, you said you use a chorus pedal. Is that a boss one? Yes, I believe it is, yeah. But I, I also wanted to mention to the uh, a fact to you that I, I use the uh, guitar synth. The GR20, the yes. latest one? Yes, I have that as well. And I have uh, that pickup installed in one of my six-string Schecter guitars. And uh, I use uh -huh. that quite a bit on the new record, actually. Ah. It's like it's very, very hard to hear. But if it was gone and not on the record, you would probably miss it. You know what I'm saying? So uh -huh. it's just like little uh, effects that I used on the entire record, uh, like layering effects and stuff like that with keyboard sounds. And also I used it on this song, uh, this cover song by a band called The Tea Party, which I got this really, really cool sitar effect. Oh. It sounds amazing, actually. And that's just such a fun thing to play around with, man. That opens up a lot of new doors, too. So that's kind of fun to mess around with. Yeah, guitar synths are great. And it backs very, very well, too, you know? I mean, 
even when you're playing fast sequences, it's just a matter of setting it up right so it tracks well with your playing, you know. If it's a slow developing string sound and you're playing sixteenth notes, <laughs> right? <laughs> you kind of have to think like keyboard players, and keyboard players have had to adjust their playing to whatever their sounds. It right, exactly. I mean, realistically, you could actually hook up that unit and MIDI it to some other like plug-in component and get those sounds from it as well, couldn't you? Absolutely, yeah. Yep. Yeah, that would be something interesting to mess around with because I just bought this new plug-in. It's an incredible keyboard plug-in. I'm just wondering if I could run run that unit into the back of my Pro Tools unit via MIDI and then get those sounds from it as well. That would be oh, yeah. cool to mess around with something. With the GR20, you just go use any MIDI interface and then you write MIDI right into your computer. Right. We also make... Uh, it's a GI20 guitar interface, and it doesn't have any sounds in it, and it's a half-rack space, and it just converts hey. your guitar to MIDI, so you can use that and take a USB out of the GI20 and go right into your computer, and then, yeah, control your, your software synths and stuff like that. That is very, very cool, man. Wow. What is this new thing that you guys have? Oh, no, it's called like the Jam Box or something like that? Oh, this is so cool. I, what, what is this thing? Okay, it's, um, imagine a really good boombox with 300 different jam tracks inside. And uh, you can, has all kinds of connectivity to plug into your computer and, you know, plug your guitar in. And um, you can load in your own tracks, any WAV file or MP3, and it automatically loops the jams. Mm -hmm. And even though they're playing WAV files... Um, or MP3s, you can still time stretch them. You can slow them down, speed them up, or change the tuning. Mm -hmm. I see. It's called the E band. Band, yeah, I've heard of that too. The thing but... for me, you know how a jam track stops and you you have to you know whatever click something. Start it. Yeah. yeah. This can run the jam track straight, nonstop, and I've found myself playing along for an hour without stopping. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I would do the same thing. I, yeah. I maybe got to look into the, what is the retail on something like that? I think is it's that, about. Is that is that available now or is that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's uh, like three ninety nine street okay. price. And, uh, we even have that. extra jam tracks that you can get at Boss's website called E Tracks. Nice. But I'm sure you know someone your level. You just you're working with Pro Tools and you just yeah I want to practice this thing and so you just export it as a WAV file and put it in your E-band and then you don't have to boot up your computer boot up your right. interface all that stuff it's just you can basically like just drag and drop the, the little session into your Pro Tools session well it plays WAV files oh I see yeah okay. so what you do is you just export your Pro Tools session whatever maybe there's a 16 bar thing that you want to practice over and so mm -hmm. you just select that all and then export that as a wave file and then just um put it on a jump drive and stick the jump drive into your e-band and then um it asks you if you want to import it and then you import it i have about 25 tracks that i'm practicing mm -hmm. to that are inside my e-band that i put in there that so i could get good at them very cool very yeah. cool something for me to look into I, you know it's it's fun to warm up by yourself before a gig and stuff like that or just you know jam with your other guitar player but uh, that would be something cool if you were just on your own yeah you know wanted but, to start getting into the vibe before you hit the stage you know? you know another thing about 
I totally forgot to say is that it has a built-in, basically a Boss GT multi-effects processor. So you've got oh. amp models and all these effects all built into that one, you know, E-band. Excellent, man. Awesome, Paul. Well, yeah. Thanks for letting me know about that. Do you have any last words of wisdom or advice? Maybe some tips on getting fast like you? I mean, you're, you are so, your technique is so amazing. <laughs> Thank you very much, Paul. Yeah, I... I have a bunch of advice, actually. You know, there's one thing in general that really comes to mind is, um, you know, I see a lot of uh, musicians, especially kids nowadays, listening to one style of music, you know, like especially these kids that are into, like, this, you know, metal and stuff like that. There's nothing wrong with that at all, you know. But I found out that, you know, at a young age, it's very important to listen to all sorts of styles of music. You know, it really opens up your mind as a musician and, you know, even if you listen to things like jazz music or classical music, or lately I've been listening to gypsy jazz music, which is really, really awesome. Uh -huh. And uh, it's cool just to to expand your mind a little bit and see what else is out there, because there's so much to offer musically, you know? There's a lot of a lot of beautiful music out there, so try not to limit yourself to just one style. Listen to everything, and uh, that'll make you a better guitar player. And maybe even uh, open some new doors for, for picking techniques, which will make you faster as a player as well. Always expand your mind, listen to uh, other styles of music, and you should be good to go. That's advice. Wow, great advice, Jeff. Thanks for taking the time and, and coming on the show. Hey, thank you very much, Paul. It was my pleasure, man. Thank you. Yeah, and good luck on you. Where are you headed tomorrow? France. Head, heading to France to play a festival called the Hellfest, and uh, we get back early next week, and then we go back a week later to do more festivals, um, and then we will do a full-on European and U.S. tour um, September, October, November, and December. You guys can get uh, all the information on where we're going to be if you go to uh, our MySpace page. It's uh, myspace.com slash uh, nevermore fans. So check it out. We'll do that. Yeah, man. Okay, Jeff, thanks. Have a great day today. Okay, you too, Paul. Yeah. It was a pleasure to talk with you, and I'll talk to you later, man. Yeah, thanks. try to enjoy the rain. I know it's supposed to be sunny. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm used to it, man. You yeah. Wait for this doom and gloom and yeah, write that's... another doomy song, you know? Yeah, yeah. Okay, thanks. Talk to you later. Hey, man. Okay. Bye, Paul. Thanks. Bye. Thanks for listening to this 24th edition of Boston Radio. Uh, special thanks to Jeff Loomis for coming on the show and doing three full segments. He's such a cool guy and uh, such an amazing guitar player. Also, let me plug the Boss BR-800 digital recorder. Highly portable 8-track studio with touch sensor switches, built-in effects. It has a rhythm generator and a whole lot more. Check it out at BossUS.com. Remember, you can reach me at AskBoss at BossUS.com. And uh, sorry if I've taken a little while to get back to some of the emails. I've been traveling a lot, but I answer every email, of course, unless it's spam. <laughs> so as we go out, here's Nevermore from the Obsidian Conspiracy. This is And the Maiden Spoke. This is Paul saying I'll see you later. <laughs>